Yo, okay over there? It's practicing detachment. That's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I go for refuge until enlightenment to the Buddha, Dharma, and By the merit of listening to the Dharma, may I become the Buddhahood for the sake of all beings.
The teaching that we decide to practice should have three distinguishing features. What are they? Uh-huh. Number one. Number two. Scrub. <laughs> Scrub. Where is the chuckle? The third one. Okay. So what, what, give, us, give us a commentary on scrub, because, you know, 100 years from now when they hear scrub, they're not going to understand it. It's like, what, they used to wash pan, uh, pots and pans or something? That it's been taught by the Buddha, and it's been tested by others. So they That's a scrub? are able to attain that it is a truthful... Ah, you're losing the lineage already of scrub. <laughs> you're mixing the second with the third. Purity. Because there's somewhat of a there's some there's there's a similarity between the second and the third. The second one is the scrubbing. So the teaching has been written down or been passed down, and there are those who who test them, make sure that they are the words of the Buddha. So that's the cleaning part. They take out what what has been added, and then they make sure that uh, there's nothing. What is handed down to the next generation is not something that is uh, subtracted from or added to. Okay, that's the second part. That's the scrubbing. They take out the chew. What was that? The chew. The chew. Ah, she remembers that. <laughs> and the third one, it has to do with uh, that, the lineage in the sense of uh, after it has been what what you finally get up end up with. When you practice it, it actually brings about realization. And then the person who, who gets the realization transmits this to someone else. Okay, so that's the, that's the lineage. Okay. So what was the first one that it came from Buddha? Yeah, it came from the Buddha. And, and how do you know it came from the Buddha? <laughs> because you were told. <laughs> when you practice it, it, it actually brings about the realization that it that promised. Actually, you can't really tell if it came from the Buddha until you actually put it into practice. Yeah. Either the practice of, uh, either you analyze it, it, makes it, there's nothing in there that actually offends the, what you might say, the reason. He's trying to levitate like that. Did you see how You're all witness. Okay. There is another lineage. Uh, It's called a close lineage. And you hear about this, uh, and those are supposed to be like very special kinds of uh, teachings that you find only in specific uh, uh, traditions. Like uh, the Gelupa may have a close lineage, and not every Gelupa knows about it. And the uh, Nyingmas may have one, or the, uh, the one, the other ones may have one. And these teachings or these practices are not necessarily going back to the historical Buddha. It could have been uh, a practitioner who has a very deep, close connection with some Buddha, Tara or Maitreya. And then in, the, in that life, during the time of the teachings of the of Buddha Shakyamuni, that person, many, many hundreds of years after the Buddha passes away, and Tara comes to that person and gives that person a teaching. So that teaching doesn't necessarily go directly back to Buddha Shakyamuni. So that is called a close lineage. 
and you have close lineage of Manjushri, close lineage of Tara, close lineage of different things. And these close lineages uh, remain specific, like the, 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 the special treasures of, of, of different, different traditions. Right? And not everyone, for example, uh, there's supposedly this uh, lineage within the Gulupa called the, uh, the, Invis- the Invisible Book. I think it's called the Invisible Book. The Invisible Book, yeah. So not everyone knows exactly what that teaching is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be some close lineage within the, within the Gelupa that Manjushri himself uttered. Now the text that Manjushri... Oh. Well, it's not there anymore. Well, Jisung Kappa, uh, uh, icon, uh, uh symbols are the same as Manjushri. So in, in, to the right and left, you will see a sword and a, and a book just like Manjushri. So it is said that uh, that book that is uh, to the left of Manjushri was given to the Gelugpas. <laughs> Especially. No, it's called Invisible Book. Invisible text, something like that. <laughs> yeah, you can't see it because it's invisible. <laughs> so... So almost anyone can make claim to it, right? I'm um, a hold of that lineage. Where's your invisible book? It's right here. <laughs> so is the we're part of the Gulupa tradition? Yeah, this is from the this is the Gulupa tradition. And are they a close lineage or a direct? Oh no, uh, it's, no. Within the lineage, there are there are sub lineages. So it's like a sub. Yeah, like a, a famous Lama within the Gulupa. Uh, met Manjushri or something, and Manjushri taught him something that was special. And then he, when he transmits this, it becomes a close lineage, because the teaching that he's teaching doesn't go back all the way to Buddha Shakyamuni. So when they say unbroken lineage, it, they mean specifically that the teaching that is being transmitted goes back to the person who had an actual realization of that teaching. Okay. Not because somebody could uh, have an understanding of what the teaching is supposed to be and transmit this teaching. That would not be, that would not be considered a, 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 an unbroken lineage because this person is presenting something that is not necessarily of, of realization. And, how does, and does that person just say they have the direct lineage or does that assertion get scrubbed as well? Oh, you mean... Uh, the, oh, I've had a direct realization, and now, therefore, it's a, I can continue direct lineage. Uh, you're, not, you're not allowed to make uh, right, so how that, that kind of statement. How, yeah. do you, how do you know? So how, then how do you know it's a direct lineage if you're not allowed to make that kind of statement? That I've had a direct lineage? Uh, you see what I'm saying? You just said a direct lineage would be because someone had a, a direct realization, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And therefore, then they continue the lineage mm-hmm. and continue teaching it. But they're not allowed to say that they've had a... So you could say, uh, what do you call that? Time, not time. Um. <laughs> I'm just trying to make it make sense. Uh, <laughs> just the first, the first, in the first instance, there's a direct realization. Uh-huh. People who pass it on can have a can have a scholastic understanding of it. And no, teach it. Yeah. Each yeah. person passing it. Has yeah, yeah. I mean, it must go back to someone 
<laughs> who has an initial initia- uh, realization of it. But, the, but she's, as she's saying, the first person who's in a- announcing it, the, that person say, by the way, what I'm about to say, even though you don't, you're not going to read it in the books, it's my direct realization. That person cannot say that. Okay. So, so how, how, do you, how do you, who are about to get this thing, know that this person had this realization? You take that on faith. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And usually... Uh, the person himself may not say it, but others will see it, will, will start spreading it about. And it's something that uh, goes back to the time of the Buddha, when you, it, this thing about, it has been spread about, that so-and-so is such-and-such, so-and-so has such-and-such a realization. And then the, the person himself who, for whom uh, this uh, rumor has been uh, circulated about, this person, through their own uh, behavior, to their own uh, the way of acting, they say, oh, yeah, according to what I've heard from the way this person is acting, I can see that it's true about this person. You can see the signs. Yeah. So, and then to clarify what you just said, is it just the original person? Or, but to be a lineage, it has to be this beginning person who had the realizations, and then it got transmitted from that person, and then eventually there was another person who had the realizations, and then it could continue from that person throughout the time. Or uh, just, it's just one original person, and then for hundreds of years... One original person, and for hundreds of years. And everyone else, okay. of course, among those, uh, among those uh, mm-hmm. different generations who are uh, continuing the lineage, some of them may have, may have that, that same direct realization that that person had. Or may not, as long as it's... A, yeah, as long as... The, the teaching was given from someone who, who has a connection to that original person. Okay. So not every single person who's teaching the Buddha's teaching necessarily have had a direct realization of everything that the Buddha uh, realized. But the Buddha spoke it, and the person who heard it doesn't necessarily have to have a direct realization of it, but because they heard it from the Buddha, they cannot transmit it to someone else. So that's the test for uh, uh, what kind of practice you should practice, what kind of teaching you should practice. Now we are at page 30, no, 55. Ryan has a question. (laughs) That's how it works. It was transmitted to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It's not clear to me why why can't the person say anything about it? The original person. Uh, It's a rule. Yeah, but okay, but but who made that rule? Who made that rule? I mean, I don't. Is it it one of the precepts or? Uh, It's not really a precept. I mean, there is a precept in in the sense of. uh, There's one about don't make. Don't don't lie about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You cannot. Uh, that's called a big lie. If you, to, if you haven't re- had any realization, tell people you have. Yeah. All right. So that's one thing you can. But why, if you have? Yeah. So sorry. Where does well, that actually, only a Buddha can make a can, can make such a de- declarative statement. Mm. Until you're a Buddha, uh, okay. I'll 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 do it, say it this way. Uh, The force opposing this realization, or the force that uh, uh, mm, opposing the force that is set up to 
to make sure that this realization doesn't reach its ultimate end or too powerful to make, a, a, to make, to make such a declaration. In a sense, when you make a declaration like that, you're, at, you're, you're challenging. You're making a challenge. Sure. Making a challenge. So all the forces within you that are not yet uh, transformed, that are not yet in line with, uh, with what you're trying to achieve, when you make a, such, a, such a declaration, you're challenging them. And they will take up the challenge. Mm. So, in a way, in, you, you, you will be undermining your own, your own uh, goal if you make such a declaration. It's like, uh, it's, it's like it's, it's, that's why it's called uh, making the lions roar. Yeah. If you're not a lion yet, if you're just a cub and you make a lion's roar, you're, you're actually challenging the, the rest of the animals in the forest. And if you're not ready, they don't care. You've made the, cha- you made the challenge. They will destroy you. And that's just, that's sort of like common, not common knowledge, but like. I mean, it's, it's not thing people are told. That yeah. It doesn't have like. And it eventually it comes, it doesn't come down ex- to exactly that as being a rule, but there are rules uh, uh, that, that are incorporated to sort of like uh, lead to it, mm-hmm. like rule, for example, of not making a big lie, mm-hmm. and the rule and the reason for not making a big lie is that you are. You're already obstructing yourself. You set up the. You can almost look at it from a psychological point of view, saying, "I have this realization." So it's like you you tell your mind, "Okay, stop doing everything that's gonna get this to this realization because I already have it." Mm-hmm. Okay. And does this work for like you mentioned Buddhahood, right? But does yeah. it work for even smaller things like uh, uh, like understand like uh, understanding of impermanence or understanding uh, or Becoming arhat. Everything that everything that is a realization that's supposed to lead to eventually to Buddhahood or to Nirvana, you're not supposed to make a declaration of it. Right, right, right. You 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 can make a declaration of it to very small group of people yeah. who need to who need to who need to hear it, yeah. but you cannot make it in a public statement. Yeah. That 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 is said to be making the lion roar. Okay. You're you're challenging. The Buddha said, "I am a Buddha." Right. Yeah. Can you clarify that when you said you can make it to a small group of people? In what, what context would that be? Like, if your teacher asks you for yeah, teacher asks you, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so, so somebody who's realized, like the Dalai Lama, would he ever make a a, a, a declaration? I mean, that, that's not the form he has taken. He hasn't taken the form of someone who can make such a declaration. So you will not make a, such a declaration. Even though many consider the Dalai Lama to be a realized individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, within the, also within the, the time, what we got the time frame, time period. Every every Buddha's teaching has a has has a lifespan, so to speak. And within the lifespan of that particular Buddha's teaching. No other, no other being can make a declaration of being a Buddha. It's like dissing the Buddha. <laughs> because the Buddha already made the lion's roar. Among, among all bipeds, I am supreme. So someone else would be dissing the Buddha to say, hey, among all bipeds, I am the supreme one. So, so that's, one, that's a rule. Uh, but you... But a declaration that 
someone has achieved enlightenment, uh, I reach nirvana, can be made within uh, uh, with, within the the lifespan of a, of a, the teaching of a, of a particular Buddha. As, as a matter of fact, within within the first five within the lifetime of the Buddha. Uh, while the Buddha was still around to protect you, so to speak. When you reach your realization, you, can make, uh, you are supposed to make a declaration. Not supposed to, but you can make a declaration. I have reached nirvana. I have reached arhathood. I am no longer subject to desire. You can make such a declaration. And making such declarations were for those students of the Buddha to see, ah, someone else achieved it. So it's not just something that just in, exists in the mind of the Buddha. Okay. And then later on, uh, later and later and later, because the Buddha is not around anymore to, to, to protect you, so you cannot make such declarations. Because you're, make, you're, you're really challenging. And, if, uh, and I said, you know, the, uh, it is really the, the, the opposing forces within you that are keeping you, that are you know, well-trained on how to preserve and perpetuate samsara. They are, th- th- these forces are, you know, well oiled, okay, and you're just starting on the on, on, on the path of reaching uh, freedom, and then to not preserve that force, rather to use it to attack, you're only go, you're only gonna destroy yourself. Okay, and they will manifest that not just like uh, uh, you know some bad thought coming to your mind, or your your mind become overwhelmed with desire, or your mind overcome with you know, with, with affliction. Uh-uh. We're not talking about little things like that. You will see things happening in the world that are opposing you. All of a sudden, the entire nation thinks that you're crazy and they're all looking for you. They want to kill you. You can't, you, you, you can't even find a place to sit and meditate anymore because everybody wants to... Everybody, no, there's a million-dollar bounty on your head or something. Because all of a sudden, it, becomes, it became illegal because... Uh, all of a sudden, it became it became illegal because it's now it's now illegal to be to be Ryan, <laughs> and everyone <laughs> and everyone uh, has this crazy thing that happens in the mind. They say, "Oh yeah, yeah, it's wrong to be Ryan. Wherever I see Ryan, I better kill him." <laughs> and when I'm when I kill Ryan, I'll be doing something great for the planet, and I'll be rewarded. Yeah. So. Try to find a place to sleep when, when that happens, and that's and, and that's another minor thing that happens. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, so during the time of the Buddha, sometime later, uh, it was it was a strange one of the strange uh, uh, rules in the Vinaya that now it, it's. Having done, when someone has, when someone, uh, even after they've achieved uh, a certain realization, if they were in punishment because if they have broken a, a rule or something like that, one of the punishments that added to it is you're not allowed to make a declaration. <laughs> That's after you made the declaration. Hmm? No, 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 no. no. This is... Uh, during the time of the Buddha, it was allowed to make declarations, public right. declarations. Right. And as a punishment, it became a punishment uh, 
not being allowed to make a declaration. Oh, okay. Okay. So even after you, you were like a secret realized being. Mm. Mm. Uh, um, is it like a dec- like a declaration, mm. like an ego thing? I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it's great and everything that you saw the realization, mm. but I don't think that you're 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 just like a channel. Mm. So it really has nothing to do. Do with you actually, or the the person who? Well, the nowadays because of the overwhelming uh, power of, of afflictions, uh, ego plays a lot, plays so much of of a uh, of a role in in our actions. That if if we had a realization and we were to declare it, it, it would not necessarily be for the benefit. Of others, it could have been just ego. Oh, look, look at me! Don't mess with me. I'm better than you. I have this realization. Okay. Hmm. So, what do you mean that the Dalai Lama hasn't taken the form for you? That he hasn't taken a form where he can say? Hmm. Well, the form, the form that is the, the personality that we know as the Dalai Lama, is not a personality that will make such declarations. And in, instead, all you hear is say, I'm just a humble monk. I'm just normal, just like you. Because that, that, that's what he's supposed to be doing right now. Uh, yes? Trying to find words to describe what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we're saying that we, if we have a moment of clarity, uh-huh. epiphany, mm-hmm. is that... Does that have a place in Buddhism? Where we, where we see something, we say, oh, I see it more clearly now. In other words, uh-huh. you're affirming yeah. the teachings as opposed to adding new teachings. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. What, what is that called in Buddhism? Is there a word for that? Yeah, that's realization. Realization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that would be a different... That What Brian is referring to is different than what we're talking about in terms of a declaration. Or is that the same? No, uh, it, it's connected. It's connected. It's having had such an epiphany, having such a realization, you just keep it to yourself. If you make a public declaration of it, right. tell everybody, oh, I have realized such and such and such clearly, that's making a declaration. Okay. Yeah. Well, and to me, I sort of, like, it's, it's a path, right? So, like, you're trying to realize whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. emptiness or whatever, and you get a little flicker of an understanding do you want to call that a realization or just a little progress on the path towards realization? I mean, mm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, like, so it doesn't, if you're keeping it to yourself, it doesn't really matter because you're really just trying to get closer to the goal, right? Whether you call it realization or just an epiphany, as long as it's mm. progress towards... Well, towards achieving... Uh, some type of... Because, like, some, or do some things have distinct... Do you distinctly call them a realization, and other things you just call them progress towards a realization? You, like, you can call the progress towards realization realizations. Okay. Like yeah. he was saying. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm sorry, just, just briefly, if Brian has a private conversation with you and says, I had this experience, uh-huh. blah, 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 yeah. that, that would be okay for him to do that. Oh, yeah. Because he's, he's confiding with you, and, and, and you're helping him validate, or maybe not validate, but 
that's yeah, that's different, a different form. Yeah, that that's not make that's not declaring. That's not that's not right. the same thing. Right. Yeah. And and if he did declare, let's say I'm not saying you're Brian, by the way, but anybody came to class and said, uh-huh. Oh, I had this realization then um, that would be the wrong thing to do, number one. Number two, um, that person would not be in a position to really make that declaration because they're not a Buddha, number one, and mm-hmm. number two, they, they don't have the realizations, right? And, Within... and as a result, they would then kind of incur this wrath mm-hmm. of mental demons that would then yeah. afflict or ravage them. Yeah, right? yeah. Within the context, all this has to be taken within, within context. If you're in a special class, and there's doesn't matter how many of you are in that class, and the teacher asks you to make a declaration in that class, the teacher gave you a practice to do, and you and you go and part of the uh, part of the requirements of that class is you're supposed to um, make a declaration, so you can get to so you can get your next teaching or so you can proceed. The teacher will ask while you're in the class, okay, what did you realize? So that's different than making a declaration. Make declaration is on your own, going out there, making it public. Right. Either tell everybody in the monastery or tell everybody in the class without, without, this, uh, without this context. I realize emptiness. I realize bodhicitta. I realize this and that. I'm, I, I became a deity. You know, things like that. Right. Mm. And if you're lucky, they won't... They, they will, uh, they just put you in a little room somewhere by yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, Pabong Rinpoche has given you a lot in the preliminaries, and all that is to uh, try to make you see how the book that you're holding in your hand is very important. How the book? How is it that the book you're, you're holding in your hand will help you eventually get to the goal that you want to get to? Okay. Now here is uh, Jerim Boche, Jesongkapa himself, encouraging you to continue reading. You've read one verse already, and now he's giving you another verse, in, in, uh, encouraging you to study. Uh, this is where we've reached on page 55. We've reached the uh, the verse itself, where Jason Kappa is encouraging you to study. Uh, listen with a pure mind, fortunate ones, who have no craving for the pleasures of life, and who, to make leisure and fortune meaningful, strive to turn their minds to the path which pleases the victors. Okay. Here, the great Son Kappa is urging his readers to study the work. You, you people, who are seeking freedom and have no single moment's craving for the pleasures of life. You, who want to get the absolute most from the body you found, to make your leisure and fortune meaningful, you now are going to have to train yourself in a path that never errs, a path that never strays, a path that is whole and complete, the path which pleases even the Buddhas. The one, in the end, they advise a path that is no erring, erring path, a path that is no path that strays, a path that is more than just some piece or part of a path. And if you want to train yourself in a path like that, 
you're going to have to be a student who has all the requirements of a student. You're going to have to fit the description from the 400 verses. Okay. So now, Prabhu uh, Karimpache uh, has explained, and uh, this is called a line-by-line explanation, where he actually takes the, the, the original work itself and explain each, explain each word by expanding upon them. So listen with a pure mind. What does it mean, listen with a pure mind? Free of ignorance. Well, you have ignorance and you want to get rid of it. How are you going to start studying when, by get, first getting rid of your ignorance? Motivation. Yeah, motivation. Okay. Pain. Pain. Yeah, like if you're in pain, you want to get out of it. Yeah. First, first you have to recognize your situation. Really recognize your situation. Okay. Not just someone tells you what, just what your situation is, and then you say, oh, okay, maybe I'm like this. Like, for example, uh, if uh, a, a lot of Westerners have a problem with the word suffering. And after some time, uh, for, for Westerners who are Buddhists, after you've accustomed yourself with suffering, and you accept it, oh, yeah, suffering, yeah. But when you try, when you, you probably have experienced it yourself, when you try to, when someone tries to have you explain to them, oh, well, what is Buddhism anyway? Can you, can you, can you tell me in a few words? No. What is Buddhism? Hi, how are you? Where are you going today? I'm going to, oh, you're a Buddhist now? Okay, tell me about Buddhism. I have a few seconds. Can you? <laughs> and you throw the word suffering in there. And you say, what? You people are so, so pessimistic. <laughs> Why are you focusing on suffering so much? Life is not suffering. There's the beautiful things about life. You know, there's beautiful movies, beautiful flowers, the sky, rainbows. Life is not suffering. And you try to explain that. But until you really see life as suffering, you're not going to be interested in the path. Okay. Uh... come back to it. So listen with a pure mind means you really understand your situation. You really see it. And you see how it is not truly satisfactory. And you want something better. And it's the same kind of thing, it's, the same, it's almost the same kind of mind that makes you move, that makes you uh, pick up anything different. Why do you want to all of a sudden move somewhere? is because you recognize that something about your environment where you are is not completely satisfactory. And you see some, and the reason you want to move to that other place is you have conviction, not necessarily that you see that it's better than where you are, but you have conviction that it's better than, than the place where you are. And then until you make that realization, you're not going to move. Okay? And you could be in the worst place, you could be in the worst place that, you can, that you can imagine. Okay? So, not only must you see the, 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 situa- the place and the situation where you are, but you have to see another place. You have, to see, you have to have conviction that another place exists, a better place exists. 
a better way of existing exists. The, the two must be there. And it says, uh, and, uh, it says fortunate ones. Right after that, listen with a pure mind, fortunate ones. And what makes you fortunate? You have no cravings for the pleasures of life. So does that mean that you're not supposed to go to movies? You're not supposed to listen to music? Anything that, can be, anything that gives you any pleasure, you're not supposed to have. You have no cravings for the pleasures of life. You're not supposed to enjoy uh, Warren's cooking. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, very good. Okay. So, have no craving for the pleasures of life because the craving happens before you have it, right? And you don't really have, uh, you don't really say that you have craving for something while you're, while you're enjoying it. The craving, you really think about it before you, before you have it, right? So the craving has to do with a warped mind that believes that absolute pleasure exists in, 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 in samsara. It's actually, it, it's, uh, it's that when you, when, you, when you tell that person who's trying to, you're trying to explain Buddhism to it and you, you throw the word suffering in there, and the person says, come on, there's pleasure in life. Okay? And they're, they're worth striving after. So it is the kind of mind that thinks that samsara has pleasures. That is, it has truly satisfactory, uh, uh, it has objects or it has situations or it has states of being that are truly satisfactory. Okay. Uh, remember, it's like when you go to the store and you buy a loaf of bread and you see expiration, it, uh, uh, the expiration date is, uh, it's past the expiration date. You say, ah, oh, I'll take it anyway. Would you buy a loaf of bread like that? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's on sale. It's on sale. <laughs> 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 but that ruins my... Uh, <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Seafood. Okay, good. <laughs> Loaf of bread is not a good example. Moldy. How about moldy? <laughs> well, uh, the analogy I was going to try to draw with that. <laughs> Is <laughs> uh, when you're going after uh, something that, is, that promises to be pleasurable, if it says, I'm, "Well, I'm a little bit," I'll, I'll give you a little bit of pleasure. You don't, you, you don't go for it, mm. right? Okay, uh, I'll, you, you will not pay full price <laughs> for uh, stale bread. Okay, you say, "Ah, oh, this is some sour." You know, think, things are like this, I'll buy it anyway. Okay, you wouldn't do that. It's because you're expecting something, you want something better. And that's why the Buddha said in Prajapalamita Sutra, you, everybody wants nirvana, they just don't know it. And that's the reason why you will not pay full price for, for, for bread that passes its uh, date. Okay. 
So you have no craving for the pleasures of life. That is, you are no longer someone who will be fooled, deceived by what appears to be pleasures in samsara. Not that if you're having, if something is pleasurable, that you will not enjoy it. If you if you're enjoying some food or enjoying some whatever, and it's not uh, it's not something that is harming someone, go ahead, enjoy it. You earned it. But don't let your mind be fooled that to think that samsara will always provide this for you. Okay. And who to make leisure and fortune meaningful? That is, you, you, you've recognized that you have within you the opportunity, you have within you the potential to achieve the goal that you want to achieve. They're all there. The leisure and fortune are there. And leisure means you have time. Fortune means you have the necessary uh, 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 the necessary stuff that you need to help you achieve your goal. The necessary mind, the necessary body, the necessary uh, group of friends, things like that, teacher. And because you recognize that, you want to make those meaningful. Because of that, then you strive to turn your mind to the path which pleases the, 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 the Buddhas. And verse four, the 400 verses now explains what is a student. What is a proper student? Because we sort of, sort of came upon remember the, the, the list of qualifications for a proper teacher. There's also, there should be a list, there should, the student himself or herself must also be qualified. Okay. So we call someone a proper vessel for study who is unbiased, intelligent, and willing to strive. Okay. Unfortunate ones like you, disciples who have turned their minds to the Dharma, are going to have to listen with a pure mind, avoid in your study those things which are opposed to its success, the three problems of the pot. Did we go over that already? The three problems of the pot? Who doesn't know what that is? The three problems of the pot. So you're supposed to consider yourself like a pot, a vessel, who's about to receive the teachings. So you're supposed to be a pot that has no leaks. So when you hear the teaching, it doesn't come into one ear and go out the other. It actually stays in your mind. Uh, a part that is not upside down, that you're actually paying attention to the teaching. A part that is not dirty, that is, and this is where, where the bias comes in, that you're not listening with the teaching with, all, with already a bias tendency, that you're open-minded. That's what the, the, uh, a part that is clean means. Okay. So we're supposed to listen to the teaching with, with this attitude. And the pain, go back to the pain thing. Uh, the three problems of the part, rely on your, in your study on those things which are conducive to its success, the six images of the instruction. And the six images of the instruction goes to the pain. And let's go to... Note 80. Mm -hmm. Yeah, page, uh, note 17. 
the six images of the instruction. So if you're somebody who recognizes that you're in pain, what's the first thing you do if you recognize you're in pain? You try to fix it. You try to fix it. So think of yourself as a patient. For your mental afflictions, desire and the rest make you sick. Think of the Dharma as medicine. Think of your teacher as a master physician. Think of following his teaching exactly as and as long as needed as following the doctor's orders to get better. Think of the Buddha as infallible or of the infallible one, your teacher, as a Buddha. Pray that this great cure, the teachings of the Buddhas, may long remain in the world. There's another, another uh, form of this six images where it's just centered around, take of yourself as a patient, the, 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 the Dhamma as the medicine, and the Buddha as the, the physician. Okay? And then and, uh, practicing as taking the medicine. And somewhere in there sometimes it's, it's uh, the nurses are to put in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you really see yourself in this, as existing in a situation that needs to be changed, then you will look for what will help you change. And just like in the beginning, uh, what we just left, you're not going to just take anything that is presented to you. Okay. You're gonna, when something is presented to you, oh, this will help change your situation. You're not going to just pop it in your mouth. You know, except someone uh, give you uh, medicine and uh, you say you, you complain about some, some problem you're having and someone give you medicine, you're not going to just take a medicine and pop it in your mouth. Okay? You want to know what are you taking. Where'd she come from? Now, the practical application of this is you're on the path, you started, you're, you're attending teachings, um, and you're practicing once in a while. <laughs> uh, and then after some time, you find yourself becoming, it's becoming somewhat, somewhat of a, uh, it's a bit of a chore, you're getting tired, you don't see yourself getting anywhere. And you're wondering, you know, is, 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 is this worth doing? You know, you've sacrificed so many different things. You don't watch TV anymore. <laughs> you know, you don't read the, uh, the, what's it called? Fashion section of the magazine anymore. You don't, uh, you used to go to the movies every night. You only go to the movies once in a while. You sacrifice a lot, you know? And you're not getting, you don't seem to be getting anywhere with, with practicing this thing and then this thing about uh, watching your behavior, letting people uh, get the better of you, <laughs> this thing called patience, you're practicing it, people yell at you, you don't yell back, <laughs> you know, even though it's, there's this urge that tells you, come on, yell back, this is what you can say, it will, be, it will feel good to say it, you, you, you hold back, and 
you don't see yourself getting anywhere. You might even see yourself getting more and more depressed. It seems like you're getting depressed. So, and you say, well, I won't meditate today. I'll meditate tomorrow. I've got to do the laundry. Uh, I, won't, I, I, I don't have time to meditate tonight. I'm too tired. I had a long day. And then it becomes a second day like that, a third day like that. And a week goes by, maybe you practice once. So, oh, I, I, was, I was able to get by a week without practicing that much, so I'm still the same way when I used to practice. So there's no need to... I'll practice when I feel like it. Why? And then and something will... Uh, uh, because you, you picked up the, the practice, when you picked up the practice, you promise a part of yourself something. And you're not fulfilling it. And that part of yourself is going to nag at you. And that's what, you, you, that's what you're going to feel as guilt. You're going to start feeling guilty. Oh, I didn't practice today again. I didn't practice it today again. And so this guilt is going to mount, it's going to mount, it's going to mount. And then you have to do something about it. And what will you do about it? Either do the practice like you promised you would do it, or just give up altogether. So you don't have this, this nagging guilt bothering you. And... At this junction, what you're supposed to do is to make clear why you're on the path. This path you're following, what is it? And if you have to leave it, then you leave it without any guilt. And if you have to pick it up, then you pick it up knowing why you pick it up so you can continue to have the enthusiasm. But definitely don't do it with the same guilt. You're only going to perpetuate the same, you're going to become more depressed if you do so. Know why. Know what is it that you're doing and why you're doing it. And, and be clear about it. Okay? Don't think that uh, uh, to be on a path is, 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 is a means of pleasing someone. You know, someone or other people are watching me. You know, I promised them I would practice this. I better do it for them. And, and, and that will carry you on for a little bit. For a little while, but until you know the act, uh, the the uh, a reason that that is uh, in connection with something that is real for you. If you really see that, I need to change my life. I don't like the way it is. And how do you know that it's? And doesn't mean that uh, you know you you have to be somebody who's under a truck or something like that. That that's not necessarily what it means. It could it could also be aspirations. There are things that you would like to do, you find yourself limited, incapable of doing. And you would like to have those capacities. So you would have to be convinced that it is possible for you to gain those capacities. It is possible for you to transform. And you have to uh, present to your mind reasons that you will hold to be, uh, that you will be, you're, you're able to hold on to. If, not able to if, if it's reasons that other people give you, Eventually, they will fade until you make those reasons your own. Okay. Why are you on the path? Why are you uh, letting, uh, not answering back to those people who are being nasty to you? Why are you doing that? Okay. And why are you every morning or every night or whenever you decide to sit down and just think when you could just you know, think while you do other things? Why, why do you have to isolate yourself and do this thinking? special thinking. 
if it's not something that is connected to something that is that you find to be uh, relevant, then eventually you will drop it. And if you don't drop it, after seeing that it's irrelevant, after sometimes seeing it as irrelevant, uh, that's what I would, that's what uh, I would refer to as the way it is referred to in the Christian Bible. Sorry, I'm throwing the Christian Bible here. Uh, it's uh, no w- w- somewhere in was it Revelation I think where where it is said that uh, for those who are neither hot nor cold I will spit them out. Mm. Okay. No, it, uh, uh, the social expression is that being on the fence. Okay. If, uh, make you have to make a choice. Either you're on the path or you're not on the path. And if you're on the path, these are the things you have to do, and you do them. If you're not on the path, then you have to worry about those things anymore. You don't have to have that, that worry about the guilt, nagging you, nagging you. Come on, you promised to do that. Do it, do it, do it. Okay. And of course, it doesn't mean that being on the path means uh, 24 hours a day you're reciting a bunch of different sadhanas, you know, or uh, uh, spending all your money buying buying offerings, things like that. That doesn't. That's not what it means. If it means just watching your breath for five minutes a day, you watch your breath for five minutes every day until it gets you to somewhere else, until you build up on it, okay? You must have something that you're doing consistently that's connected with the path. And going, uh, getting, going around, picking up practices here and there, and doing practice here once in a while, this one or that one here and there, is not being on the path. Okay? And uh, this is what I was, I was afraid to say. I'm going to say it now, because I sort of laid the foundation. You're a spiritual coward when you stay on the path and you don't want to be on the path. And you're doing it just because you're afraid of people saying bad things about you. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Ship up or ship out. (laughs) (laughs) And it is very good. I'm sure there are uh, a lot of you have, uh, there are those teachers and uh, sometimes, well, there are a lot of teachers who are, who've taken taken it upon themselves to make the path look rosy for you, for for people, not you, you, I mean, make the path look rosy for people so people can get on it, so they can get some sort of benefit from it, even though they're, they're not really on it, you know. And for those people, you know, uh, it's like uh, you're, I mean, I'm going to use a bad analogy. Probably not, you, have to be, you have to have lived in India to, to get this analogy. <laughs> or some third world country where uh, the, the public transportation vehicle <laughs> is the size of a moped. <laughs> and there's like a hundred people on it. <laughs> okay. yeah. So the vehicle, if, if you're on the outskirts and you're just holding on somebody's uh, shirt. <laughs> uh, if, if you, when you get to a pothole, and there are a lot of them, <laughs> if you're lucky, there are potholes. Most of the time it's just dirt all over the place and rocks. Right? And then when you, when you get to one of those bumps, you just, the wind you know, will just blow you away because you're just there. You're not really, you're not really on the vehicle. Okay? So if you're not 
really in, on the path. Eventually, some, some circumstance will come and pull you away. Okay. When, but when you're really on the path, no matter what circumstances come, you make that circumstance into, into the path. Okay. If you have to move because of your job, if you have to move because of your family, that doesn't mean, oh, I'm away from the center, I can't I can practice anymore. Okay. No, you, you keep practicing. You keep doing your, watching your breath for five minutes a day, every day, if that's what, if that's what you're supposed to be doing. Okay. So that's somebody who's willing to do that. That's somebody who's fortunate. Okay. Not because you got 100 initiations from 100 lamas. That doesn't make you fortunate. Some, they're, they're called uh, initiation uh, collectors. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason for collecting them is to say, oh, I've got the uh, Yamantaka initiation. I've got the uh, Vajra initiation from, uh, from Lama Important. I got the <laughs> I got the uh, golden initiation from uh, Lama more important than your Lama <laughs> and so on and so forth and, and just like uh, uh, what it says uh, I always misquote that one I hope I'm not misquoting it uh, it's like what Jesus says then uh, you are doing just what the Republicans are doing Right? It's not republic. Is it Republican? <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, uh, in the quote in the Bible. No, not 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 that word. Republicans, I think it says. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you pray. Don't pray like everybody else. You know, uh, when you when you want to pray, go in your closet. When you're fasting, no, don't don't look. No, no, but like that, and your clothes all disheveled and walking around so people can say, oh, look, he's fasting. Oh, look, he's praying. When you're fasting, you should be, should be something personal. When you're praying, it should be something personal. You say, don't do it like the Republicans. Re- Republican. Oh, publicans. Okay. All right. All right, all right. Um, not Republicans. Publicans. Oh, this, okay. Yeah. Right. I thought there was something strange in the way I was remembering it. So you're not supposed to do it like the publicans do it, okay? Do it. Uh, <laughs> so it's that the person who goes around. Uh, yes, just the reason that they took the initiation, not because what the initiation promises to to take them to, just so that they can draw attention to themselves. You know, somebody who has some sort of you know, attention deficit problem, you know, and they want. Attention. Negative attention. Yeah. Just, just attention because they have a lacking and they need, they need that. Okay. Yeah. And so, so they go around when they go, and they visit different centers. How many intuitions do you have? I have a hundred. One lama important, lama very important, lama golden hair, lama, lama more important than everybody else, lama you wouldn't believe. <laughs> So on and so forth. Okay. I was, Lama is the most, we have a Lama most important. <laughs> I was thinking back to like when you were um, saying, you know, the, uh, advising you're either on the path or off, not on the path, and, you know, hanging on to the, the shirt that's kind of caught on the truck. And, um, you know, just offering like 
from my own experience in mm -hmm. life, that some, even if the process of deciding, you know, whether it's meaningful for you or not, and like feeling like maybe you're not on or you're not doing enough and you're feeling mm -hmm. guilty and trying to find why it's meaningful for you, like I think just to offer some hope if someone else is in the same situation as me, that process can take a long time, a really long time. And to me, as long as I'm even thinking about that, then that's my practice. Yeah. And and really trying to understand, to find that meaning and find the motivation and see what little steps I know I can take. Even if that takes me two years to figure that out, I don't feel like I'm this lukewarm morsel. At least I feel that I'm trying. Oh, yeah. You know, so that just... I wanted to kind of temper the mm -hmm. the analogy that it's not like this immediate thing always, right? You oh, know, no, for it, people, it, as long as you really are trying yeah. to explore it for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's okay. it. <laughs> I just wanted to give one, one more thing about that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to, to be that when I come back. So it's like... <laughs> Like, you don't want to be a woman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cat. The yeah. Cat. yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is yeah. fine. She is where she's pretty happy right now. Mm. Okay. Wow, we almost finished. We covered the whole page. We covered the, almost the whole page. <laughs> There's only one paragraph left in this page. Any questions? Even pleases the Buddhas? Yeah. If you're doing it for yourself and not the Buddhas? Oh, it pleases the Buddhas doesn't mean necessarily that you're doing it so that the Buddhas can be pleased. <coughs> Like uh, the way you want your friends to to like you, or the way you want people in society to like you—not not that kind of a psychological uh, way—but that pleases the Buddha is that when you do it, the Buddha will be pleased. You understand? Yeah, it just it's sort of something that's catching me on that. Because uh, I'm gonna become a Buddha because that would that would the Buddha that would that would please the Buddha if I do that. Well, this is very easy. It's uh, we can read it and and end and stop. It's the, it's the same summary that he did before, where he takes the the verse that uh, Jason Kappa wrote and then he, and he, and he interpreted it in a, a way where sort of to show you that just if you really if you are somebody who who's had training already in this just by reading if, and that's all that let's say for example you, you are a very hard practitioner and then something happened karma you know that always happens and then you lost the opportunity to uh, gain some realization okay but you, you, your, your study was very firm in your mind. Okay? And then you come up in another life, and, uh, and then for some reason you're walking by and you see just this verse. If you were to just see this verse, 
then it will ring into your mind those it will it will bring back those things into your mind. Okay. So that's that's the kind of summary that he's doing here. There's another way of interpreting the verse which says we should regard the line about those who have no craving for the pleasures of life as referring to renunciation. Okay? So if you were that kind of person, as soon as you, re- you were to read which have no craving for the pleasures of life, then the sense of renunciation will come up within you. The first of the three principal paths. The next line, the one about making your leisure and fortune meaningful, applies then to the wish of achieving enlightenment for all living beings. That would be bodhicitta. Because anyone who's trained his mind in his attitude has certainly gotten the absolute most from his life of leisure and fortune. Because there's nothing higher to gain from such a body and mind. Uh, And the final line, the one about the path which pleases the victors, relates to correct view since, as the root text states, itself states later, later on, the person entered the path that pleases the Buddhas when for all objects in a cycle or beyond he sees that cause and effect never fail and when for him they lose all solid appearances. And that's a verse that comes somewhere towards the end and is referring to it. It's like a... What do you call that? Like in the movies they have something like that. In the beginning they have something... Foreshadowing. 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 Like all these things, it's the same thing. Like there's something, <laughs> and then at the end, there's a reference to it again. Is that what you're referring to? Uh, uh, I think foreshadow. Foreshadow? Sounds like Well, whatever that term is, foreshadowing, we'll take that for now. That's what this is. <laughs> okay? Foreshadowing what, what the, the verse that comes at the end when it talks about correct view. Is that referring to emptiness? Emptiness. Yeah. Yeah. So the path that pleases the victors, it is said that once you've seen emptiness directly, that's when you really enter the path. Because you're definitely on your way out of samsara. There's no more uh, danger of being pulled back anymore. You're definitely on your way out. Once you've seen what? Once you've seen emptiness directly. Okay. And that's and that and that is called being on the path. So that's why it says here the mind that the path that pleases the victors. So when the Buddha sees, what, what, what do the Buddhas want? Happiness. Yeah, they want all beings to be truly happy. They want all beings to be free from samsara. And when they see that you've seen emptiness directly, that pleases them. Okay. So the first path is renunciation. What are the other principles? The second one is bodhicitta, mm-hmm. the wish to achieve enlightenment for the sake of all beings. Mm-hmm. And the third one is, is correct view, having a true understanding of the true nature of reality. Wisdom. Wisdom, yeah. Uh, renunciation, bodhicitta, the wish for enlightenment. We don't have a one word yet for that one, right? No. I don't think we are, I don't think we are ever going to have one a word. For second path, you mean? Yeah. I think it's just called the wish sometimes. Mm-hmm. The wish. But it has to be within context, otherwise we don't understand it. And the last one, wisdom. Okay. Renunciation, the wish, and wisdom. These are the three paths. Okay, we have only one big paragraph left. We'll uh, tackle this next time, and we'll finish with the preliminaries. And we are, and we are gonna get into renunciate. We how to actually realize renunciation, how to actually realize bodhicitta, 
how to actually realize correct view. The instructions are coming. Okay. Yes. They lose or the or when for him they lose all solid appearance. By solid appearance, solid means they 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 appear to solidly exist. They appear to exist on their own in a solid way, in a concrete way. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. No cause and effect, and solid. Losing solid appearance. So you see it with wisdom, not coming from. You see it with wisdom. Yeah, you see that it's uh, cause and effect. You see cause and effect. Yeah. When you see something, you see cause and effect. You don't see that thing existing on its own. Mm. Did you have your hand up? No. No. Uh, the, the, uh, no craving for the pleasures of life. Uh huh. And you said that that doesn't mean uh, if something's enjoyable, and you're enjoying something, then don't like stop enjoying it. Like, yeah. Um, but okay, it seems to me that if something, uh, for me to really enjoy something, I have to believe that is going to bring like true enjoyment. Ah. Uh. Like you, you know, understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, I it, and uh, I've, like that for me, there has to be like that. I guess that ignorance, like oh, this is this is gonna really do it, and then then I have the motivation to like go and get it. Mm -hmm. You know, like this this is gonna be like the perfect. House. Oh, you're talking about b before? Yeah, you I mean, mean to anticipate it. <laughs> is that what you're saying to? Yeah, something like that. This, well, the, yeah, the anticipation of like, like right, this is gonna this is gonna this is really gonna be great. Mm -hmm. um, if I know in advance that it's just always oh, like a temporary happiness, it's gonna like fade out. Then I, I think it's really not worth going after. Yeah, that's true. It's, good. it's true. It's true and it's good. <laughs> but okay, so then where's the line of? Um, but you said if something's already in, you're enjoying something, right? Mm -hmm. Then don't uh, then don't like push it away. Yeah. So like uh, the. The bread muffin that uh, Warren made this morning. Right, so then you're always... But then, then while, you're, while you're eating it, if you're enjoying it, don't say, oh, I shouldn't really be enjoying this. Right, right, right. This, is, this is attachment. No. Think of it as a block of wood. <laughs> you just eat it and enjoy it. Just look at the experience that's going on without attaching yourself to the experience. Well, I, I just wanted to you know, try, try to extrapolate from, from there to... Let, let's say I... Well, let, it's not the actual reason I made the muffins, but let's just say I, I have a, you know, I want these muffins for myself. Mm -hmm. I, I have a desire, well, I, I see some ingredients here, I could make some really nice muffins, and, and then I get this image of an, what a nice muffin would be, mm -hmm. and I want that. You know, mm -hmm. I have desire for that. Mm -hmm. So, at what point does that become craving? You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm -hmm. there might be something, I might come up here and look at the pantry and say, wow, I could make this. You know, that's not necessarily craving, but if it's if, if it were to cross the line where it's like I see certain things, it's like, yeah, I really need to have this. I mm. this you know, I, I really want this very badly. Mm. At some point, it becomes craving, right? Doesn't that go to what we were talking about this morning, though? Like we were talking, I made the comment that one of the things um, that Shri Michael said in the Gita teachings was that um, like yogis relax in the moment because 
They know that. What was that? Relax in the morning? Yogis relax in the moment. Oh, okay. Because they, so they always know that, like, if they're making a cup of tea, like, they're always thinking about the future. They're always making a cup of tea for the future, but they know that the cup of tea they're enjoying right now came from something they did in the past. So they're always kind of looking. They know that like to get like to get something in the future, it's based on what you're doing now. So in the moment, they're relaxing and enjoying. So if you're looking at it in terms of like, you can enjoy what you're having, but if you do it with wisdom, like recognizing where that like where you put in place mm -hmm. the actions to have what it is that you're having now. Mm -hmm. I think that, that that's all true. Yeah. It doesn't quite go to, to my question, which is at, that there's like kind of a planning phase to every activity that we engage in, and uh, at some you point know, during that planning phase, there are desires that come up, there are potentially cravings that come up, there are desires to help others that come up, and it's all a, there's some somewhere of a mix. Mm -hmm. There can be somewhat of a mix. The the main element to look out for in deciding is. Are you becoming dysfunctional? Mm -hmm. I gotta have this. Mm -hmm. If I don't have it, I'm gonna die. Kind of thing. So I'm exaggerating the qualities yeah. of the thing that I'm evaluating, yeah. right? Yeah. Either either positively or negatively. Yeah. Oh, look at these nice ingredients. I can make a nice pancake. Oh, there's miss. There's this missing. Okay, this missing. I cannot have it then. Okay, what else can I have? If you don't become obsessed with, oh, why don't they have this? Yeah. I want that pancake. <laughs> okay. Without the cinnamon, it's, it's, uh, there's no nirvana anymore. <laughs> okay. Then I passed the test because there was only barley flour. <laughs> barley flour. I only obsessed for five minutes over that. And <laughs> <laughs> that's progress. That's progress. Yeah. So in, in today's world, um, like we're bombarded by all these different things going on in our work lives mm -hmm. and you know, or at home with kids, that kind of thing, and, and also in the pleasures that we seek, whether it's, uh, you know, outside of Dharma practice, sports, that kind of thing, to be mindful of all the activities we're engaged in, in a way where uh, if we view those activities independently, we see the drawbacks, in other words, um, <clears throat> If, if, for example, and I think of this uh, thing that I saw where a monk enjoyed chocolate cake, okay, and... What was that? You can view that chocolate cake as, wow, this is great, but if you have a hundred pieces of chocolate cake, you're going to get sick to your stomach. So, when you're enjoying that, just realize that you're enjoying it in the moment, but... It's not an end for all, and um, and then using the antidote of, in other words, you know, what could the drawbacks of this activity, whether it's eating chocolate mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. doing sports, where you know your 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 joints are taking a pounding and your mm -hmm. body is impermanent, and eventually you're going to turn into a cripple. Or I, I I'm just saying, I mean, mm -hmm. you know. Or is that rationale? Is that way of thinking? Um, no, don't, don't don't do all that. No? Just enjoy it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Just enjoy it. It's like being in a train station. You know, mm. you don't get on every train that comes by. You know, you mm. just let the common station go. Doesn't mean you got to get on that train. Mm. 
Yeah. Right, so if you have a thought, just mm. ignore it. If you're becoming dysfunctional while you're enjoying the chocolate, then go, then do all that. Mm. The thing is, the, staying in the moment means what's happening right now, and just be aware of it without attaching anything to it. Don't expect it to last a million years. Don't expect it to last a second. Mm. Just let it be what it, what it is. Yeah. That's Don't what it is story. to stay in the moment. Okay. If your mind is it's becoming dysfunctional, then you can do all those gymnastics with your mind to try to take your mind away from all those dysfunctions. But just if it's, if it's healthy and at the same time you, uh, uh, it's enjoyable, just stay with that. Just stay with that. If it's healthy and it's awful to eat, <laughs> just be aware of that. If it's not healthy for you and you come to know that, don't eat it. <laughs> So, like, if you like music, for example, and mm -hmm. you're listening, you're driving in your car, you, and, and you're listening to music, mm -hmm. um, enjoy it, in other words. But don't don't make an obsession where it's like, listening to this music is going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. it, it, I, I, have a, I have a hard time differentiating. The, the thing is, we don't, the line is, we, don't, we don't say to ourselves consciously, I am going to do this because this is going to make me happy. We don't consciously say that. We don't say those words in our mind. But there is the impulse. So we are sort of isolating the impulse and, and, and drawing it out and saying, we are really saying that without saying those words. And we have to watch ourselves, watch that impulse when we are engaging in activity. And, and, and it's connected with uh, that impulse looking for nirvana. The reason that we get attached to something is that some part of us, some part of us believes that we have found nirvana. Eating chocolate cake mm. is nirvana. Mm. And when you make that wrong assumption, it was just what it was. Flour and put things put together and then you happen to have the taste for chocolate and then you enjoy it. And that's it. And to add other stuff to it is to, is, uh, that's where you um, put yourself into trouble. Then you're gonna associate unconsciously chocolate is nirvana, and when if you really make that uh, unconscious decision that that's what it is, you're gonna you're gonna look for you're gonna look for chocolate, and you will even kill for it. Well, who doesn't want nirvana? <clears throat> but, to, but but so on the flip side, like from that would be like if you do recognize some degree of attachment mm -hmm. or desire. Mm -hmm. in yourself, in your attitude towards the cake or the music, mm -hmm. you couldn't use it for, you know, not for a big long thing, but for a moment of sort of Dharma practice and mm -hmm. sort of just back yourself off from that, what you're, you're seeing, you're going for a little attachment and desire. You could sort of analyze it for a moment and then go ahead and enjoy it. You know, oh yeah, you could do that. In an unattached way. Yeah. It's not, you know, like, uh, in a small way. The you know, chocolate cake, for example. Yeah. If you're while you're eating the chocolate cake and you're starting to feel stomach stomach ache, stop. Well, I mean, this is nirvana. This is supposed to make me make me happy. I gotta eat more. I gotta eat more. And and the stomach ache gets stronger and stronger. You could say now you're dysfunctional. You're not really just really paying attention to what's happening. Brian, you were you want to say something? Just one thought was about the 
come through the pot. It's what we, sometimes we're motivated to come through the path where we're a cracked pot. Uh, <laughs> I'm being serious. I yeah. Yeah, yeah. No point. No point. And um, the other question I have is, we, we hear that word emptiness and we have this, you know, we were talking about things that are beyond words, but we're using words to understand that. Mm -hmm. Can this, you know, I hear that word, I'm like, what does that mean? Because I don't know what emptiness means, I haven't seen it, am I on the path? Mm -hmm. um, one thing that I, I think about sometimes, the meaning of that word for the beginner that I am is, could it mean seeing the, the sorrows of the world? Emptiness? Is that just so far off? I mean, just just as the beginning of the motivation for the, the path itself. Yeah, 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 definitely. That's a that's a a necessary uh, vision you need to, you need to have a necessary realization to get you on the path. And it doesn't and and the, the the confusion about this and and pleasure is that it doesn't mean that every moment living is racked with uh, physical and emotional and, ment and and pain the way we think of somebody who was about to die, which was just hit by a, you know, every single thing that you can think of that they could be hit, hit by. That's, that's what it means that every moment is like that. It means that this poor world, this poor universe called samsara that we've created, cannot give us what we are expecting of it. It's impossible for it to give it to us. So stop expecting it to give it to us. All we're going to do is disappoint ourselves. But it doesn't mean that what we're expecting is not something that cannot exist. So we have to really now go after it. And don't expect the things here to give it to us. They cannot. It's not in their nature to do so. It's like expecting fire to, to cool you. Expecting water to dry you. Uh, okay. We are way over time, as usual. <laughs> uh, anyway, did I? Uh, Ryan, Brian, Ryan's uh, question about craving. Did we address that? Um, well, it's like, like we went and then so, forgot you. Yeah, so you're saying... Um, we're expecting something of the world that it can't, you know, yeah. so we need to, something of the universe we created that uh, it can't give us, uh -huh. right? Um, so for me, like, you, you were saying, think, thinking that, that nirvana is in the chocolate cake. Yeah. The moment when I realized that it's not, mm -hmm. I feel really like it's not worth getting at all. But it's not, if something can't give me nirvana, then, then I really am, I'm, Unless it's like Warren cooked it and put it in front of me, it's mm. like okay. But other than that, you're not gonna go after it. I'm not. It's yeah. I just think it's not. I'm totally like um, like demotivated to go and get involved in that at all. Actually, that's good. All right, that's good. Now, but okay. All right, that's good. So you're. But you don't want to starve, is that it? Huh? You don't want to starve, is that it? No, no, no. I'm not worried about that. So, okay, you said we need to like do something else, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so for me, I find it's, okay, so the, do, the doing something else, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
I feel like that doing something else has to be like wholly different than what I'm doing now. For me. Because mm -hmm. I, I feel like when I'm... You're talking about physical activities or just... Um, view? No. not uh, You know, like uh, living a... Uh, like uh, New York City mm -hmm. working life. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm doing that, it's very... it's. I feel like, okay, all the things that I'm doing are um, like chocolate cake stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I feel like I, I need to do something 100% different. Like, okay, I need to focus 100% on, you said, okay, this, this, um, we're expecting uh, something that this, that um, all the things we're, we're engaging with, we're expecting something that, uh, from it that it can't give us. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to 100% focus on uh, the thing that will give reaching you. Reaching Nirvana. Mm -hmm. I can't, I feel like when, I, when I'm involved with the, the chocolate cake stuff and the, mm -hmm. Uh, the money stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I, if like half my time is spent like that, or seventy seventy percent of my time, I feel like I can't do like a thirty percent Nirvana mission and like a seventy percent, you know, things that don't satisfy a mission. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to do a hundred percent Nirvana mission. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a beautiful state of mind to be. Yeah, Which one? The one what, exactly oh. what you're describing. Uh, yeah, and you're gonna be sad for a while. Okay. And that's just it. You're gonna be sad for a while. But a lot of you you're you're getting rid of a lot of a lot of a lot of parts of you. You're saying goodbye to a lot of familiar characteristics and friends. It's gonna be sad. Because you see that they don't satisfy anymore. And yet, you're not in Nirvana yet. Both of those are true. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the same boat. Just <laughs> you're in, you're in, it's a good boat. Alone. It's not alone. It's a good boat. <laughs> that's, motiv that's the motivation you were talking well, about. Yeah. You were teaching earlier, right? You just want it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, like, what about, like, while you're in that place of, like, this sort of in-between place of where you're going to be, you know, chocolate cake or, you know, on the path that you feel might give more satisfaction, so you're sort of in the middle there, and then you try to take whatever comes to you that day, like, as your Dharma practice, too, you know, and, like, maybe not just you're seeking nirvana, but you're seeking, like, enlightenment, and so you could just do bodhicitta practice in your day, you know, no matter what. So then you'll be more on that path that you want, you know, than just in the chocolate cake path. You can take the chocolate cake path and transform it a little. Right. Yeah, I've, I've heard about this. Like, actually, you know, taking your situation as it is. I, I seem to be not... I haven't had so much success with that. Transforming. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Thus far. Yeah. It's... Could, could, could you... I mean... I think what Ryan just said is kind of um, 
know, I'm not as advanced as Ryan in terms of my body chief in mind, but I, I want to say that um, kind of putting, not prioritizing, but uh, combining, I mean, I mean, there's, there's, The practical side of living, meaning having a family, having livelihood, trying to pursue the right livelihood, trying to lead an ethical life, but then also the expectation of leading a monastic life is not maybe realistic for some people, even though you would like to. Mm -hmm. and. Business in today's world is not ethical, for the most part. I'm going to say 99.9. Mm. Um, you can have good intentions, you can have good goals, but ultimately I'm, I'm convinced that most people just have the wrong motivations. And that's the hard part is trying to follow the path, but then juggle it with all those other things called life. I don't know if it's a... exactly what it means to juggle all those things with the, with, with the path. Uh, if it means doing other things like, you do something with the intention that I have to do this, I need the body, I need to eat, in order to eat, I need to work, and, and, and you connect it with that, and then somehow, if you cannot relate it to, this is, I'm doing this for the path, if it's something completely un unconnected with the path, I would say, don't juggle. Mm -hmm. Don't juggle. I try to make it part of the path. In other words, when I eat... No, don't try I, to make it part of the path. Before I eat... Have your mind be obsessed with the path. And everything you do will, be, will, will, will fall into line. Even eating will be part of the path. Don't think of there's a world and there's the path and I've got to juggle these things. Don't juggle. I don't know if that helped. <laughs> um, it, it, it's something... You got to work. Right. Somebody could be, in the, could be in a monastery and be completely materialistic. Yeah, that I know. And somebody could be living in a castle and be completely spiritual. Mm -hmm. So it's not the surroundings and the things that you have that makes you spiritual or not spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's how you live your life with whatever life you have. Lying is not, you see, lying leads to this conclusion. In your own business, don't lie. Don't say, well, I'm in business, that's what people are supposed to do in business, I gotta lie. And that would be juggling. But everybody lies, and that's the reality of it, unfortunately. You go to a doctor, 
you have an MRI, <laughs> and, and you want the results, they will give you the results. All I, I asked the doctor, is my shoulder okay or is it not okay? Was there a tear or was there not a tear? Oh, we, you have to come in. Yeah, so they can take my $50 deductible, and then they tell me, you have no tear. Make, so is that ethical? I don't think so. Well, ethical is not what people do to you, it's what you do. Oh, I understand, but you're surrounded by... It doesn't matter, don't worry about them. Yeah, you can't control that. Yeah, if you worry about them, that will disturb your. That will disturb you. It's only important where you're. You're in a job where you are expected to tell a portion of the truth, as mm. I was. Mm. I'm just a trial lawyer, which is why I'm not one anymore. Mm. Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm trying to wear. What, what is the saying? Don't no, put, if you try if to put leather on everything, but yeah. put leather on your soles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. That would be okay. it. You are on the path, not other people on the path, and you're watching them. Mm. Oh, you, you, you straight off? Okay, you straight off, you're supposed to lie. That's not your job. Your job is to make sure you are on the path. Right. You don't lie, you don't deceive others. And if others are deceiving you, the best way to do is say, whatever I did that, this, this, this stinks. <laughs> I'm looking for a software way of saying, this stinks, I hate being lied to. Ah, this is my teaching. I shouldn't lie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's it. Okay. That's the sign. Yeah. Cat is left to build. Isn't it true that when you don't lie, mm -hmm. you won't see it? When you don't lie, you don't see what? You won't see lying. You will come in, into contact with, with other beings who don't lie. And that is karma. Oh yeah. yeah that's why it's, it's your path. It's up to you not to lie. It's not up to you to watch who's lying. If you are lied to, it's because you have the seeds to be lied to. Right. In general chemistry, too, we are learning there are miscible and immiscible characteristics. And like dissolves like. Mm. Unlike doesn't dissolve like. You know, mm. So you, you, know, you attract what you bring to life. So. Mm -hmm. okay. okay, so... The cat give us the signal. <laughs> Page sixteen. Before we do that, let's do the translation in English. 
Here is a ground anointed with incense and flowers strewn, with its mount mirrored, adorned by four continents, the sun and moon, visualized as a sort of veil, I offer it to the earth here. May all beings partake of supreme pure freedom. Idam Guru I'm still looking for a melody for the English. People are not, people are not working. Should I wrap it? Page uh, 26. Gewati by this virtue, may all beings perfect the accumulations of merit and wisdom and achieve the two holy bodies that arise from merit and wisdom. <laughs> Take a break and uh, come back when in 15 minutes. <laughs>